everybody and welcome back to the Portsmouth Running Podcast, episode number 10. Uh, after a, a week-long break um, for the half-term, it's uh, great to get back to the show and release the, the next episode, which I'm really excited about. It's a, it's a great episode. It's uh, My guest this week is Katie Carew-Robinson, who is the good gym leader for Portsmouth. And it's an absolutely fascinating uh, interview and insight into Katie's running and obviously a bit of a focus um, towards the end of the interview on Good Gym, which for those of you who've not heard about or may have um, just heard the name, uh, it's an absolutely brilliant uh, program that was put together quite a few years ago uh, and runs around various cities in the UK where runners get to um, do their activities and physical uh, exercise for the week, but they include it with doing a good deed um, somewhere around the city for um, a charitable organization that may be in need of some physical hands-on labor or um, whether it's painting a fence or you know um, taking stock or something uh, and yeah as you'll hear in the interview later on uh, Katie and the uh, the good gym angels as we call them do a fantastic job around the city helping uh, various people out so um, after a week-long break it's uh, it's good to be back as I said uh, I um, took the the week off last week because I took family to Wales for a long weekend, uh, and it was good fun. It was really great. We uh, we took a trip around Cardiff, which I'd never been to before. Uh, had a walk around there and uh, saw the castle and uh, did a bit of shopping with the kids, which they wanted to they wanted to do. Uh, had a few uh, bites to eat. Um, it's in some cafes and stuff. It was lovely. It was really nice actually. The weather didn't turn out to be too bad. Uh, there was obviously um, it was grey and overcast, but uh, it, you know we got to to get outside and there was there wasn't too much rain. And the one of the main reasons for for visiting uh, was obviously family and stuff, but also there was a race um, put on by I think it's called I think the organisation's called Tough Runner UK. Obviously a trail race. It was a half marathon and sponsored by Hocker and ANA, which was great as well. So good to see um, a few of the runners uh, up there as well. And the, the run itself took place in the Afan National Park. And it was on Saturday last week. Uh, and there's about 1,400 entrants. So fairly big event. Um, it was it was very, very well supported. A few, few um, aid stations and, and water stops along the way, which helped. And yeah, it was just nice to, to get out and get a few hills in the legs. And it was obviously being Wales, it was quite tough on some of the, some of the trail climbs. But uh, there were some... Some really quick runners out, and uh, it was nice to see uh, Harry Jones, who's one of the sponsored athletes uh, for Hocker and Air Day, win the race by about five minutes. Uh, he had a cracking run um, with the elevation included. He managed to keep his um, his pace down to a sub six minute per mile average, which was mind boggling, really, com- when you think about some of the hills that we had to go over. So. Fantastic running all round. I saw a few friends over there as well, which was nice. You know, you're in the middle of Wales, in the middle of nowhere, and it was nice to see some familiar faces about. So yeah, um, I recommend the race if you fancy anything on the trails and something over in Wales. Go and check them out. the The, the price, the the entry to the to the race is actually very very reasonable as well. I think I think I ended up paying about twenty eight pounds for it. So very very good. Yeah, nice nice medal at the end, and yeah, good overall experience. I don't know how many listeners out there take their running gear on holiday with them, but it's something that I tend to to do um, every time we go away, really. Uh, most of my suitcase is packed with uh, running t-shirts, uh, gloves, hats, obviously, depending on the time of year. And kind of ten, most of my suitcase tends to be focused around, you know, what kind of running I'm going to be doing, because the rest of the time you're kind of lazing around in jeans and, and t-shirts. But 
Yeah, it, it got me thinking and uh, it's quite interesting kind of running on holiday depending on where you're going and, and what areas you know. But I'm curious to find out how everyone plans their runs when they're out on holiday. Because often you go away and you're, you're in a resort or um, you know a hotel area or you might be in, a, in an area that's, that's maybe surrounded by a lot of streets before you get out onto the trail. So just wondering how people kind of plan their runs. And it got me thinking about a, a, a trip I took a few years ago when I went out to Australia because my father lives in Perth and in Western Australia. And I remember arriving at about midnight and kind of obviously went to bed that night and uh, this is Australian time. Got up in the morning and what I decided to do was go onto Facebook and just search for some local running clubs and stuff and found a, a group out there called the Fremantle Triathletes and got in touch with them on Facebook and by the first evening I'd already kind of organised to, to meet them out uh, in a park in, in Fremantle and yeah, had my first run there and it was great really because uh, I met some good runners out there and got kind of lent some gear which I hadn't had so somebody lent me a head torch because it was, it was an evening run. Yeah, and it was really good actually. I got to, um, got to meet a few people who told me about some of the local park runs, and even ended up entering uh, a race, which was the Bibra Lake Half Marathon. Yeah, it was really really good. Just interesting how um, you know there are so many te- kind of technology tools and stuff out there at the moment, like Strava and Map My Run, uh, where you can actually go online and kind of explore the different segments that people have created. And you'll often find, like I did in Wales, you know, you'll I, I used Strava last weekend before the race just to kind of see. Uh, what kind of trails and, and paths near the place we were staying in people had taken and it was a great way to kind of pl- uh, plot myself a route I'm really really unadventurous when it comes to that stuff I, I, I don't like to just go out and not know where I'm going so uh, I'll tend to have a look around first and see what's runnable and what people have done before uh, before I go out but yeah um, interesting uh, how, how everyone tackles that kind of thing differently and actually just thinking back to that initial run that I took with the Fremantle triathletes it reminds me of a really funny story because if I recall correctly, that first run I took with them, when I said that I had to borrow a head torch from, from one of the runners, um, they took me around this park. Uh, I think it was called Manning Park. Um, and there were just a few trails. It was quite a big park. There were quite a few trails, kind of like the golf into the bushes and stuff. But I remember these guys, uh, I ran with, um, with a group that uh, took me out off the track. And we were just running through these trees and bushes and stuff in the middle of the night. And I'm thinking... Ah oh, crap, this is my first night on, on holiday here and I've already been told that there are, and I've seen the sign for the snakes in the bushes and these guys are just taking me off in the middle of nowhere and all I'm thinking, all I can think in my head is spiders, insects and snakes that I, that I could be running here and these guys, I, I, I was quite vocal about it and <laughs> I think these guys find it hilarious because they were, they were killing themselves laughing in front of me and kind of talking amongst themselves and I, I was absolutely petrified that I was going to get bitten by something. <laughs> so when we finished the run, I, I, I recall kind of like coming off, the, coming off the trail and back onto the sandy path. I remember just standing still and just brushing my body off frantically just to, like, in case I'd had like anything on me. But of course it didn't happen. It was fine. Uh, they knew exactly what they were doing, but they did find it funny. Anyhow, um, on to the interview. So as I said earlier, Katie Carew-Robinson kindly agreed to come and chat and tell me all about her her running and sharing her, her running experiences um, from starting out being quite competitive as a youngster and wanting to aim for the Olympic Games to uh, you know go, going through university um, and kind of realising uh, perhaps back then just how serious um, some of the runners are in, in some of the university uh, groups and stuff and 
and then basically how the running uh, changed over the years for, for Katie Abyss and she's uh, been a, a member of various running clubs like Port- Portsmouth Athletics and Port- Portsmouth Joggers uh, and a couple of others as well running on holiday discussed as well a little bit and running overseas a few races in Australia and also the end of the interview focuses as I said earlier a lot on the good gym uh, side of things which is really really fascinating and I hope you guys get to the end of the interview and and hear about good gym and obviously get in touch with Casey if it's something that you're interested in doing yourself so uh, on that note thanks very much for listening uh, thanks for being coming back and uh, enjoying a, another episode after the week break and I've got a special one lined up again next week uh, where we'll be chatting with and I can't give it away I never do but I'll probably put another clue out there on social media but yeah if you're interested in following us on social media we've got a Twitter a Twitter account a Strava account and a Facebook page as well so do follow us on there enjoy the show happy running everybody take care look after yourselves and speak to you soon bye bye Katie, welcome to my house. Thank you very much for coming along and joining me on the podcast and agreeing to spend an hour of your precious time talking about all your running. No problem, Dan. I love to talk about running, so it's great. (laughs) And you made me a cup of tea, so life's good. And uh, it's safe to say that we have enough food around us, I think, to last us a lifetime. I think we'll be okay. (laughs) We're not going to starve. We've got some biscuits, a couple of biscuit options, and you've baked some, what, they're peanut butter cookies? Yeah, so peanut butter cookies and... um, brownies with the secret ingredient which isn't that secret because it's uh, black beans black so, bean and, yeah. that, and it's delicious i've just finished one so i'll, I'll definitely be uh, digging in there a little bit later so Excellent. if you hear munching uh, everyone listening then uh, <laughs> we're just eating and drinking tea so it's a miserable day today have you been out running already today i have been out this morning um i had the wind behind me initially and i was like oh this isn't so bad it's just a bit of rain it's fine and then i turned around the corner i was like oh my god goodness what is going on this is really hard and I did um a little um costume change whilst oh, really? running so I'd kind of been I don't know what's going on with my head at the moment very organized yep. trying out my new little backpack so okay. I was like oh I'll put a different waterproof in there and a hat and blah 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 so yes I did a little costume change because I was getting a bit cold so lovely public toilet stop changed into a different waterproof put my hat on i was like oh yeah i feel a bit warmer and off, off i went again so uh, oh, brilliant. all good <laughs> so just just a, a gear trying session really yeah a little bit yeah okay okay w- which route did you do this morning um i went out towards haven so like a little bit of the kind of marathon route mm-hmm. um and then back over the hill down through Cosham, round down the new cycle path by hilsey okay. um and then back back home that new path is nice isn't it oh, it's, it's, <laughs> it's actually it's amazing like they just had that um, bit cordoned off for so long and I hated running along the Hillsy Road mm. I was like oh and when they opened it it's just you know I mean it's just it's the same surface effectively but you just feel so much nicer being off the road <laughs> yeah and they've done it they've done it quite nicely as well and they've sort of landscaped it so I keep looking at the little sun lounger benches and think one day when the weather's nice yeah, kind of I might just have to have a little stop and sunbathe yeah, on those yeah, pictures yeah, yeah. on the way. On just get a nice photo, get a nice photo or something, a nice run photo. Yeah, there. it could be nice. Yeah, it was miserable today, wasn't it? It was horrible. Yeah. When are these storms going to end? <laughs> Hopefully, at some point. I'm definitely a spring person, and um, mm. I think I think probably because I'm I don't know it's my birthday in the spring, so I'm like yes, it's my favourite season. But yeah, I need it to be just a little bit warmer and then and a little bit less rainy and windy mm. well Wednesday I thought because I went out Wednesday morning before work 
and it was just beautiful. The sun came up, and a couple of photos on the beach, and I took very good shoes on the beach with the sunrise behind it. It's, it's all nice. Just, it's got to be done. Yeah, yeah, it's really, really brilliant. Um, so, Katie, um, so th- thanks again. Um, I know the listeners, uh, a lot of them will know you in the Portsmouth area because you are the good gym run leader for yep. Portsmouth. And I can't wait to chat about all that kind of good stuff. Look forward um, to it. <laughs> uh, and I know you've been doing some like fantastic work there with all the runners um, at Good Gym. Um, but basically, I think to draw some kind of a timeline, it'd be nice to find out initially when you started running and, and kind of how old you were and stuff. Well, so where does it, where does it begin? <laughs> it all begins a long, long time ago in the 1990s. Um, I think it was 1992 because I definitely remember being kind of very inspired by the Barcelona Olympics and you know a lot of us are aren't we we're like oh yeah the Olympics it's amazing oh yeah um but when we were listening to Chris Akabusi at the running show whenever that was back in January he was talking about the relay in 1991 and I was like yeah I really remember that really clearly as well anyway it was the early 90s Mm. uh like, Me. Was, was that the running show that was in Birmingham? Yes. So you were there as yeah. Yeah, but we didn't actually see each no, other. No, no, we? we didn't. We were on the same in the yeah. same premises, didn't see each other. Oh, too too yeah. many people. Because my friends saw this Chris Akabusi as well, and I don't yeah. I don't remember him really. I was I was I grew up out of the country, so. Yeah. Um, but yeah, good good sprinter, I guess. Uh, yeah. So he was a four hundred meter hurdler. Hurdler. Okay. And really good. Um, but just a real character mm-hmm. as well, and um, and because uh, him and Roger Black actually ran for Team Solent in Southampton. Um, So they used to be at the Hampshire Championships and things like that. So I remember like running after, they were doing like a warm up lap before their race. And me and my friend were like running after them with our program (laughs) going, please can you sign our program? Please please sign our program. And um, they actually were like, look, we're gonna do it after our race. Um, You know, please come back and ask us then. They were so nice. And they were really like, you know, made loads of time to talk to everyone who was, you know, interested in things because they Mm -hmm. were, they were big stars at the time. Yeah, yeah, so, absolutely. Yeah, so yeah, big, ins- big inspiration then for the running. Did, did they actually come back and sign your? Yeah, your oh yeah, offers? they they did everything okay. somewhere in an archive shoebox somewhere yeah. in my house, um, along with all the other stuff. Yeah, um, I'm sure there was a little program thing signed Fantastic. by the pair of them. So yeah, brilliant. Was, was Roger Black at the running show as well? Or um, no, he was mentioned in um, Chris Akabusi's. Um, presentation okay. um, and it was quite funny because he was taking the mic and he was talking about like Gosport and Leon Solent and Alberstoke and I was thinking there's like hundreds of people here who won't have a clue what you're on about um, <laughs> but yes so um, how, did you, how, how did you enjoy the running show? yeah it was really good we went last year as well okay um, so it was our kind of second second venture up to Birmingham was it bigger than last year then did you think? yes they definitely had more speakers and I think they had more um, like different speakers as well mm-hmm. so there was lots of ultra running stuff this year that yeah, there wasn't was the year big. before so um, yeah, was I was actually surprised that the um, the level of some of the speakers not to say that some are better than others or anything but there was having Laz Lake there with mm. all the fame from the Barclay Marathon was quite something yeah um, seeing Camille Heron there um, and obviously Dean Conness as yeah, well yeah big names big crazy. names crazy yeah I was uh, very very impressed with it I guess it's just going to get bigger next year because I think the demand for it was was pretty high this year. Yeah, so. they're doing one in London in June as well, so oh, oh, yeah. it'll be interesting to see what that's like. We're not going to that because June is a very busy month for us. Yes, indeed. Um, but yeah. And you'll be laying on those sunbeds on the uh, obviously on Hillsy, yeah, <laughs> definitely. This is going to be very important. So, uh, Casey, where, where did you go to school in? So I went to school in uh, Sunny Pompey okay. uh, in Portsmouth High School, mm-hmm. which is uh, home or brings out lots of lovely ladylike specimens and, <laughs> and we're all meant to be super 
um, successful in whatever we do afterwards. Of so yes, um, it has its positives and negatives. That's that's okay. what I will say yeah. about. So, so, so <laughs> about you, actually, you, you were born in Portsmouth as well. I was. You? I'm a St Mary's baby. So, so yeah, I. born and bred. Yep. Yeah, I sound a little bit more like it than you do. <laughs> well, my accent's a little bit more South African. <laughs> um, yeah, so St so Mary's Baby, um, schooled in Portsmouth, um, mm-hmm. and then I left Portsmouth for about probably eight, nine years okay. when I went to university, mm. um, and then came back again because, I don't know, there's yeah, clearly so something about it, isn't yeah, there? So you always keep coming back here. Yeah. So there's exactly. definitely it's the pool. It's the pool of the, of the seafront, I think. Definitely I mean. the sea. Yeah, because yeah. I was living in the Midlands a lot of that time, and I didn't realise that I'd missed the sea until I couldn't yeah. just go to it. Yeah. Um, I always think it kind of cuts the city in half. Like it feels like you're on a you're on a ridge, and you can see city one side, and you've just got this just completely na- nature on one side. Yeah. It's just amazing. You can always see space as well, can't you? If yeah. You got, kind of go down to the sea. Or That's whatever. it. Yeah, it's yeah. Really, I mean, I know Portsmouth is really like densely populated and stuff, but it's nice to just go down the seafront and blow away the cobwebs, yeah. which look is definitely going to happen today. <laughs> yeah, look at the Isle of Wight. So, so how, how old were you when you first actually started running then? So, early 90s, about 13, 14 probably. Mm-hmm. So, instead of being a teenage tear away, I was teenage, I don't know, tearing around the track instead. Yes. Um, so, yeah, me and a couple of friends decided maybe we'd like to go to the Olympics. You know, lofty, lofty aspirations. (laughs) Um, So we went to um, Portsmouth Athletics Club, as it was at the time, Mm -hmm. um, at the Mountbatten Centre. And we joined in with a middle distance group, um, coached by Pat Butcher, who has coached many an international runner in her time. Um, And we were like, yeah, you know, this looks good. So we started training with them and very quickly realised we probably wouldn't be going to the Olympics. Some, some pretty fast runners. Yeah, around. really fast. Um, you know, there was a, a few guys kind of um, who were a little bit older than us, like a couple of years older than us, that were already kind of pushing for international vests and mm. things. Um, and then some who who got them later on as well. And we were like, yeah, we're not quite in this league. But actually, like to our credit, Pat would have the whole group of us mm-hmm. on like Mondays, Tuesdays, Thursdays, sometimes at weekends. Um, and you'd always do a session that was kind of relevant to you so you know it might be that some people were trying to do the 400 meters in 60 seconds and we were given 80 seconds or you know whatever it was and we you know you'd miss a rep while the others whizzed round and round or yeah she was really really talented really in terms of kind of making it specific to that's really good isn't she She wasn't just generally focusing on the fast runners and just making sure everyone kept up she was she had a she knew knew everyone's strengths and weaknesses she kept us all in line okay so yeah is pat pat butcher pat butcher you said it was was she the coach who was taking the team up until about maybe a couple of years ago yeah two three years ago yeah okay because i went along there uh one night with um jacob and adam o'hara yeah and just to go, they, they just you know come along and, and join us for a session, and I remember turning up. Um, well, I think it was somewhere up on Farlington Avenue. They were going to do something called garages. Oh, on it's the a hills. classic. Garages. Literally, classic. that's what we okay. were doing had, at like 14, 15, All go. the old classic there routes. You go. Yeah. So I, had, I had no idea what to expect. I'm thinking, what are, they, what are these garages? Are we uh, are we clearing out a garage or something? Oh my God. <laughs> okay. And uh, I turned up and I rocked up in my shorts, and it was about six forty-five in the evening. It was quite mm-hmm. cold. And I remember this lady just winding down her window in the car because she didn't come out of the car. And she, she just gave everyone these, these bits of paper with their plan on. And she went, you! Because she had, she had an, I don't know where her accent was from, but she had an accent. She was like, 
you can't come to my session in shorts. Your legs are going to get too cold. <laughs> yeah, she was a real stippler for like, you know, warm up. And then as soon as you finished a session, if it was the summer or whatever, because it was often in the evenings yeah. as well, you got to put your leggings on or put your tracksuit on before you do your cool down yeah. and stuff. Don't get cold, don't get cold. Yeah, yeah, yeah. really, a real and stickler I, for that. And I was real, I just kind of like, you know, went into little little schoolboy oh, kind of mode. I was like, sorry, sorry, I'll bring some, uh, I'll bring some next time. She was a teacher as well, so she's got ah, that. Ah, right, makes sense. Yeah, makes yeah. Makes sense. But yeah, no, she, she gave, she gave everyone her, their, their plans and she was watching from the window and I think she was timing and stuff. But somebody said that she kept a, a logbook of all kind of like training sessions and stuff over there. I can imagine that okay. she would have done. Yeah, I mean, I think when you're kind of when you're a teenager, you're just there with your mates having a good time, aren't mm. you? And you, you know, that she turns up and. You know, tells you what you need to be doing, but it's kind of later on that you yeah. really appreciate what that what that looked like and the commitment as well. Mm. Um, but yeah, so how I remember it, she used to have three collie dogs. Like yep. I can't remember what the proper it's the breed that is Lassie basically. Okay. So she'd be up on the hill doing whatever session we're doing in the winter. It'd be out on the roads doing something like the garages mm. or Troon Crescent is another classic one, which is right <laughs> at the top of Farlington Avenue many times around I've, heard, I've seen that one yeah. labelled on Strava posts yes yep. and then in the, <laughs> in the summer we'd be like more on the grass bit but she'd be there with the three dogs and be like you know she'd be keeping control of them and however many children and adults and things she had it was, it's, yeah. she must have coached so many people through, yeah, through the I years I wouldn't even like to guess how many uh, loads well, do you know what Pat's doing at the moment is she uh... yeah she's um, she's really unwell so, okay yeah. alright oh what a shame okay oh brilliant yeah, okay. she's in a in a care home I think so um, Casey you and I share something in common um, which I've uh, remembered <laughs> to uh, to bring up and that is that we're both Dell is responsible for both of us signing up for our first ultra he's a <laughs> terrible person to know is, what he? can I say he, he has been on the show I don't know whether you've heard the, uh, heard the show but yeah, have, he, yeah he got me to sign up for my first 100 mile race and uh, I believe you did the same for you yeah fortunately it wasn't 100 miles yeah. it was um 50k so which is enough that's uh, yeah that's enough it was enough um it was yeah it, it was all his fault that's what i said there's always a friend that you've got in running or two or three friends that, that it's like it's always their fault and you, you know they you, come you, up with these great ideas and you're like yeah that sounds brilliant and then you you commit to it and you do the training and you're like oh my god what was mm. i thinking i think these, these friends should be good uh make, make good um second secondhand card dealership people, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They sell, sell anything to anybody yeah I have to say 50k was a bit of a funny one because actually the reality of it is it wasn't really much harder than a marathon mm -hmm. because it isn't that much further yeah. sort of and it's physiologically it's pretty and much like the same, yeah. but I really had a total sense of humor failure at about 12 miles there was oh. I can't remember how many of us did it I want to say about six of us running mostly together and at 12 miles I was already feeling a bit tired and I was like right nobody speak to me until we've got to 15 miles because I can't even cope that I'm not even halfway through <laughs> this is this is just meltdown. a nightmare proper yeah meltdown. it was a real like you know ah, throw your toys out of the pram moment was, so was Dale with you yes he, oh, so you could, he may or may not remember you could throw you could throw yeah 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 um so but actually after 15 miles i pulled myself together and i was like i can run 15 miles when i'm tired and that's what i've got left to do so it's fine and i'm sure you know i've never run 100 miles i don't really intend to i have to say <laughs> at the moment but you know never say never 
Well, in case, um, you, in case you're interested, it's just like a marathon. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't actually believe that. Um, um, but it's, you know, if you can chunk things down, it's it's not so hard. It's mm. when you think about things in the whole of like, oh my goodness, that's so far. Yeah. What no. am I doing? <laughs> well, I don't, like I say, marathons in themselves are, are a long a long way to go. So. They are. But back to your, back to your, um, your early, early years running, mm. um, you had some really, really good results training with Portsmouth Athletics because I believe you were 800 metre champion of Portsmouth School. Check me out. That's probably my best title. Uh, t- yeah, I was going to say, tell us about that title. Yeah. How, how well, that come I mean, about? 800 and 1500 were like my distance. And actually, and uh, you know, that is generally what Pat's group did. Um, and yeah, so our school wasn't particularly sporty unless you were very much in certain sports mm-hmm. and that they were more team sports netball I was far too small for netball and also not really very coordinated <laughs> to be honest yeah. um, but they kind of did a few things so I think in terms of like the individual Portsmouth school stuff I, I'm pretty sure Pat would have entered us but we did it okay. under the school name but we definitely did some relay stuff as part of school things and um, I, I remember being a up on the stage in assembly and it was like me and two others who trained with pat and then either one more or two more who did some running through other sports clubs and things so it was really not really what we'd been doing in school but they were like these they've won the school road relays it's brilliant (laughs) isn't it amazing and we were like yeah Yeah. right so yeah i got entered in the 800 meters race even though 1500 was my preferred distance because 800 meters hurts like the devil. I was going to ask about that because I've, I've often heard the 800 meter being classed like that. It's um, it's just the worst race ever. Yeah. I mean, it, I, I would have assumed, thinking about it, being a longer distance runner, that the 1500 would prepare you very well for the 800, but it's not the, not the case. Oh, I don't know. It's just, I think that 1500 can be more tactical. Um, 800 from what i can kind of remember is just like you just go out hard and it just gets harder okay <laughs> so and it's yeah. twice around the track it's, it's, it's mentally challenging yeah. yeah and it's just you know you feel like everyone's watching you but yeah the 800 portsmouth schools was actually on a grass track up at farlington at the st john's college playing fields okay so yeah somehow i won that it wasn't a huge race and there wasn't a huge field so i can't really claim that i was like you know yeah amazing champion, hey, you, but you, i'm you, taking it as a title you got the title it's there yeah <laughs> in fact, you should you should get a carving of wood made or something yeah. like that and just like put it up in the yeah, somewhere in the house that's brilliant that's a, that's a really good achievement though you, mean, you must have been training hard and, and you must have been had a, picked up a real you know you've got a talent for the running yeah. so you must have picked that up not sure i'm not you know although i sort of said so i did you know i kind of gave up the track a little bit pretty much when i went to university and um mainly because most of the people because i went to loughborough it's like home of sport mm-hmm. and most of the people in the athletics club were all a really really high level mm-hmm. and they were kind of training for england bests and uk bests and already competing like Paula Radcliffe was there at the same time as me and I was like I am not in that league so I ran to keep fit but I didn't really compete and do, and do the track yeah. and it wasn't until I came back to do the track as a veteran so an old lady of 35 <laughs> um, that I kind of looked at my times that I used to run and were like okay don't think I'm gonna get anywhere <laughs> near that so yeah, yeah. it's uh, it's quite interesting but there's a there's a vets league um, it's like four matches on a Monday night, okay. um, and it's you know thirty-five up to 
wherever. 100, wherever. And uh, it is, it's quite good fun. Some people take it very seriously. Some people mm-hmm. do it as fun. You tend to end up getting um, strong-armed into like, could you just do this so we can get some points? Could you just do that? So I've done like long jump, triple oh, jump and all sorts of really random things. How would you like, I've heard people getting like just, you know, can you can you do the javelin or something? Yeah. And it's like, how the hell, I wouldn't even know how to throw one. <laughs> Luckily, terrible. we've got a few people who know how to throw one, so I've never okay. had to do that because that could have been a disaster. But yeah, I've done a few jumps and things. But I mean, long jump is a is a misnomer with me. Jump into sand would be better. Yeah. It's like it's definitely not long. Head first. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's not. It's yeah, it's not like you see on the telly. Mm. You were, you were saying earlier about um uh, about training or going to like university where sports big and there's lots of like you know fast people about. But don't you find sometimes having those fast people around you or you know, lead in front of you during training sessions, you kind of like, I guess you you are effectively physically in their slipstream a lot of the time when you're training, but don't you find having them there kind of motivates you to go along a bit more and kind of pushes you in your own training a bit, or does it get a little bit too much pressure-wise, do you think? I think it depends. So if you're training with people who are slightly better than mm-hmm. you, so you can still kind of hang on to them. So say you're doing, I don't know, a 400 meter rep for one of a you know just an example yeah. if you can hang on to them for like 300 or 350 it will push you on if you've lost them by 100 meters it's kind of like why am i here i'm mm. just training on my own and i think that's i don't i don't even i don't think i even kind of went along to the athletics club i think i thought of it was just like no it's not going to be it's going to be too high level for me okay um however saying that like even interhall sports in Loughborough are like super competitive. So I did loads of sports and loads of different sports. So I still did a lot of activity. I just didn't do a great deal okay. of kind of structured running training, if you like. Mm. So yeah, I mean, I played five side football really badly. Okay. Played rugby, so you tro- all rugby. sorts of things. <laughs> yeah, amazing. A- amazing. Again, perfect stature for rugby. I obviously, <laughs> got a really bad dead leg in one of the matches. It's great fun. <laughs> Did you, did you have, I guess you had lots of speed compared to the other, the other players. Yeah, it was like, I wasn't very good tactically. Like, I, I love rugby and, you know, I knew the rules and all the rest of it, but I was a bit like, just give me the ball and I'll run as much as I can and try not to get tackled. That's exactly, that's exactly how, how I would play. I'd be like, don't tackle me. Put me on the wing. Don't expect me to get the ball. Just gently pass me the ball and I'll run with it. <laughs> yeah. Just, it. just, just don't touch me while, yeah. I'm, while I'm, while I've got the ball. Don't get near me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so it was it was Lowborough La- University. I, I just have such problems pronouncing some words. Loughborough. 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 Yeah, if, okay. you, if you were spelling it like phonetically, and that's some of the kind of student union stuff you used to do, that you'd be L U F B R A. Loughborough. Yeah, there you go, Loughborough. They should, they should spell it like that. Yeah. I mean, it we be. heard an American say Luga Baruga once, and we quite like that as well. <laughs> Reminds me of video game characters, like Japanese video game <laughs> yeah. characters. People have come up with the worst pronunciations for the words. It's just so funny. Um, okay, so so that was, um, uh, you know, we exchanged some detail before we pulled this interview. That was about 1995 when you were at university. Yeah. And, um, and what were you studying? Proper nerd, maths and economics. Maths and Yeah. Econ- <sighs> this is why I always say, like, sometimes um, um, the good Jim Rum reports have random maths facts and things, and that's because... My nerd brain still exists. Brilliant. So yeah, brilliant. Things I'm, will come out. I'm I'm in very uh, highly intellectual <laughs> company over here. So. I did notice in your kitchen there is a book called something like How to Be Good at Maths. It just caught my eye. Oh really? Oh, <laughs> it's like a brilliant. Proper, proper maths nerd going on here. Yeah. Still there, even though what I do now is really nothing to do with that. 
apart from a bit of stats here and there mm. but yeah so what was it that you were uh, or why did you pick that degree well as i was saying the school i went to quite academic mm-hmm. so in terms of careers advice it was a bit like do your a levels go to university do a degree that's like a proper degree so if you didn't know that you wanted to be a, a doctor or a lawyer or a dentist mm-hmm. so i was like i don't know what i want to be don't even know if I still do to be fair um they were like right you know basically choose what you're good at yeah and carry it on so it, there wasn't a great deal of deep thought it has to be said but I did maths physics and economics for a level and physics at a level oh my god it's quite a struggle really? so I was like well I definitely don't want to carry that on okay ironically my brother is now head of physics at a school in London wow um, so okay. clearly there's Definitely some physics in the family, just not with me. Um, so yeah, I was like maths and economics. Yeah, seems you know, seems good. The course at Loughborough offered a third year at work, mm-hmm. so you could go do two years of your degree, and then you go off and work in a proper job if you like um, okay. for a year, and you get I don't know you got some diploma as a result of that as well because you did a little project alongside it, and then you came back um, and did your final year. Um, and I quite liked that idea because you got real world work experience as mm. opposed to my other jobs that I'd done previously up to yeah, uni yeah. and also had a bit of money to go back to university with which That's always was good. always a bonus I mean I was really lucky because I went in a time when we didn't have to pay fees we still got a grant from mm. the local authority you know it was really good but yeah. Um, you know, even then, you still feel poor as a student. Oh yeah, for sure. <laughs> Spend all your money on uh, on parties and stuff on the weekend. Yeah, of course. <laughs> <not now. laughs> Brilliant. Um, so, uh, how long were you in university for total? Was it three years, four years? So four years, including that year yeah. in work. So I wasn't in university. I was about an hour and a bit down the road near Northampton okay. then. And you were doing all sorts of sports. You had so you said you had the rugby to go to and everything like that. Yeah. But you were still running casually on the side. Yeah, a bit on the side. <laughs> okay. Cool, cool. And after university, um, you obviously started working. And yes. where, where did you end up? So I did. So I did my year placement in Northampton. Well, in Daventry, which people may have seen on a signpost off the M1, but it's a tiny little place near Northampton. And then after that, I went to work. Um, for a bank so I was using my degree okay. um, and we were based in Winkfield which is just near Windsor so it's, it was actually right. like round the corner from Legoland very handy bizarrely not no staff trip to Legoland which was disappointing because I do yeah. love a bit of Lego yeah. Um, but yeah it was kind of this bizarre office that was sort of in the middle of nowhere really mm-hmm. um, so we used to do lunchtime runs and it had a, oh, the a gym in the, in in the kind of head office but that was like a really dodgy old treadmill and a bike but had showers and stuff so it was great you could go out at lunchtime we, at, at, at ibm so i'm over at ibm in hersley and we used to have a, a gym as well like a we, we're using the uh, inverted commas <laughs> yes, of our fingers quote they? unquote <laughs> a gym which was a room pretty much sounds like like yours with a bike um it had a smith machine which was looked like it was going to fall over at some point but they've since revamped it, and we've now got a state-of-the-art mm-hmm. gym that's about ten times the size, and it's got all leased equipment in there, and it's wow. just brilliant. It is really, really good to use. And it is nice to have that on site. So mm. you know, people. I mean, it's never everyone that uses it. It's always the sort of same old faces, isn't it? But yeah. it's nice to be able to kind of have that break, and I think feel like you're not. 
uh, feel like your employer is on board with that. That's the main thing. Yeah. It is, yeah. And I think a lot of employers nowadays are spending a lot more kind of time, you know, with the health and fitness and yeah. kind of getting out at lunchtime, getting away from your, your, your desk. And obviously now there are companies with, uh, was it zero leave policies where holidays are not really counted? It's just take it when you need it. And I don't know how that works myself. That but sounds great. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'll have it I all the time. I want one of those. Yeah. yeah. Sorry, I'm on leave again. See next you week. in June. Yeah. Busters. <laughs> I'm going for some sunshine all winter. Yeah, yeah. We have we have a lot of um, uh, we, we get a lot of focus with the running at work that we do because we're out every lunchtime and we get like articles posted and there's people, you know, being highlighted for races they're doing and stuff like oh, that. So it is, it is really good. And I think yeah, employee. It's nice to have employers on board more yeah. with that kind of stuff. And I think more and more, like you said, the kind of big corporates are are seeing that and understanding the benefit of mm. having like a healthy workforce actually for sure. is good for them as well. Absolutely. And I think I think you get more out your day effectively because you have that break from your desk and you come back and you you know you you want to kind of start working on what you left so it's almost like the whereas i think if i'd sat there all lunchtime i'd be like get me away from yes i was having that conversation with someone yesterday actually and she was saying she works up at the tax office in Cosham. okay and they let her go out at like it's something like half past 10 in the morning to a specific class that she really loves down mm-hmm. at Mountbatten and she comes back and she said oh I'm so much more energetic yeah. and you know really kind of focused and stuff and I was like yeah I do remember when I worked actually at that placement job and I used to go to the gym like three times a week before work and I'd go in and I'd be like right I'm ready for my day and I'd be like wide yeah. awake and whatever and they'd be like oh you've been to the gym again before work yeah. haven't you like, maybe <laughs> you get some people that have just literally peeled themselves out of bed 20 minutes ago and they look like death warmed up it's just like oh terrible how did you organize those runs at work or did you was it just a small bunch of you yeah there was just a few of us that kind of did a little bit of running and at that point in time i was just doing a bit of running to kind of keep fit and you know get out a bit at lunchtime and things like that so it's a long time ago Mm. it was like the 90s um (laughs) but did you use did you have like um did you use like a a website at work or anything to advertise when you did it was it just because in those days we had the email system where it was like a black screen with just the green okay and but but we were quite a small team so it was mainly people from our team so i mean we used actually speaking to each other i know it's crazy wow (laughs) i know that Um, doesn't happen these days it's all all slack and all these um these other tools and stuff well we were um yeah I guess we must have been like dead organised and been just like, oh, you know, this week, when are we going to go out and things like that? Whereas, you know, now you sort of forget that's just mm. how normal life should yeah, be, don't absolutely. you? But now do it's like you text and go, do you want to go tomorrow? Do you want to do this? Okay. Yeah, we, we, we use, um, we've got some uh, tools at work, some social tools. One's called, have you used Slack? Before. No. So Slack's like a, do you remember old IRC channels, like chat channels? Yes. Okay, we used to have, like, you, see, you could see all the usernames on the side. and Yeah. So we have something like that now. It's called Slack. It's been modernised. It's got it's a like nice Slack like, front off. end. Yeah, it, so we're all known as Slackers. Slacker, yeah, 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 there you go. Um, Slack, Slack's a great tool. In fact, I think Parkrun have started using it as well. A lot of organisations use it now, but it's um it's instant messaging effectively yeah. and we can just organise our lunchtime runs and say like we're going out at 11.45 and then you can start a thread on that on that chat and you know it's 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 a great way to organize um, group runs at work it really is it works a treat yeah. for us it kind of works if you're quite spread out as well and we were i mean yeah. honestly our the, i say head office i mean if you looked at lakeside it was probably a piece of it not even 20 percent the size okay. of lakeside okay. so yeah so you were able to small. i mean the bank doesn't exist anymore so that tells you everything you need to know absolutely okay 
Um, so, uh, so on the timeline, mm-hmm. kind of try and try and draw some kind of timeline. Sh- Shall we get to this century? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You're, you're, so yeah, we are actually now. <laughs> We're 2001 to 2003. Um, you spent a lot of a lot of those years racing. Uh, you told me about various events you've done. One in Sydney, Falls of City oh. to surf. Um, there's marathons going on. Um, obviously, rejoining Portsmouth Joggers and leaving. Tell me a little bit about those years, and especially the City to Surf, because that looked like a humongous event. Yeah, random. And, so, and, and, and sorry, while you're doing that, I'm going to help myself to a... Uh, oh, please do, have a peanut butter cookie. a peanut butter cookie. Um, so, I obviously went to work for this bank, doing something that was relevant to my degree, etc, etc. And I don't know what happened to me. About a year in, I kind of had a bit of an epiphany of like, oh my God, I've got to do this for the next 40 years. This is insane. Do I actually want to do this as a job? Clearly the answer was no. Um, And I was like, what else have I always wanted to do? So I'd really wanted, so a couple of friends we'd been talking about, oh, you know, wouldn't it be nice to kind of take a year out after university and go off and see the world and do this and do that. And it was a bit of a pipe dream because obviously you've got no money when you run into university and all of us had found jobs in various parts of the country. So it never really happened. Um, so we were off earning money and I was like, well, do you know what? Actually, I'm actually earning some money now. But I was still very much in that kind of student mode of not spending very much at all. Um, so I was Good. like, well, if I save a load, then I can take some time off work. So I had my gap year when I was like 23. Okay, brilliant. Okay. <laughs> and I went off to Australia and I pretty sure that one of the um kind of reasons i did that was because i'd been brought up on a diet of neighbors every (laughs) night um coming home from school doing a bit of homework watching neighbors then having dinner um so clearly it was in my psyche that i had to go people draw their inspiration from all sorts of strange (laughs) places so there you go you know it's good i did go and see ramsey street and everything when i was in melbourne (laughs) because we have to be done it has to be done um so yeah, so I went off and I went to Australia and traveling uh, all around New Zealand. You? So yeah, I went all all around. Mm-hmm. Um, did a bit of work in Melbourne for a time. Um, did a bit of work in Sydney before I went to New Zealand. And it just happened that I was there at the same time as this like city to surf mm-hmm. run. And people were talking about it, and it's in the local press. And because I was working with Australians at that time, um, so they were like, "Oh yeah, there's this really good thing." And they knew that I did a little bit of running to keep fit. So I kept that up while I was away. So I was just like, "Otherwise, I'm just going to turn into like a blob." <laughs> um, so they're like, "Oh, you should enter. You should enter." So I was just, just like filled in a form again. It's really like it wasn't pre-internet because I was emailing home but from an internet cafe and my mum would send me this long long message and I was like I had to pay three dollars to read that email mum we sometimes forget like how easy it is now and you forget that it wasn't so yeah yeah. paper form check Mm -hmm. (laughs) everything um, all done so entered the city to surf and it's a a really massive event and everyone kept talking about Heartbreak Hill Um, and I was like oh this sounds this sounds really worrying so yeah you run from Sydney to Bondi I think I think I've got that right okay and uh yeah, massive event. Ends up on the beach, go in the sea afterwards. It was brilliant. I was like, this is really fun. I, I, I read, I don't know if I got this right, but I read that there were like 80,000 participants. Yeah, it wasn't that big. It wasn't that big, 20 right? 20 okay. years ago. So, it, so, so it's grown It's a definitely lot. grown. I mean, it was still big. It was still probably like 15,000 mm-hmm. or something. It was, yeah, still And it is literally city to surf, so you yeah. go into the beach afterwards. You go, yeah, you go whatever, to yeah. Bondi, so. Brilliant, yeah, amazing. Swim, unless there's sharks, but no worries. <laughs> um, so yeah, so then I came back to Portsmouth and I wanted to kind of keep up the running and so I joined 
Portsmouth joggers. Mm-hmm. But I was doing a temping job when I came back. So okay. I was just like, yeah, get money, get, get a job, whatever, yep. over at Gosport Borough Council. Okay. Um, and then I got like a proper job with somebody that I used to work with in my student placement year. Okay. So I moved up country, back up to the Midlands. Based on the degree you'd done, that kind of stuff. Yeah, so that was um, working in pricing. So again, it was a bit of bit of maths going on um so yeah so went back up to the midlands did that job for a little while so i think i was about there about 18 months but i was spending a lot of time driving 180 miles back to portsmouth to stay my family or to visit my friends and then driving 180 miles back up there so it sounds like a very kind of like unsettled couple yeah of years i was just, a bit like yeah. what am i doing because i felt like i was doing what i should be doing in terms of work but still like not really quite where I wanted to be. Yeah. Um, so, but I joined a running club up there. So I was running mm-hmm. with them and I did my, what is now known as leadership and running fitness, but it was just okay. level one leadership coaching or something. And I like looked after the beginners group and things like that. So, okay. So that was where my sort of running coaching started. Would you, would you recommend those courses to people? Cause I know I've thought about it myself and kind of dipped in and out of the idea of doing it. But yeah. It's... So level one, it's more a consolidation like you kind of get reassured that you know what you know if that makes sense okay level two i learned a lot more okay but i only did that because of a good of years ago yeah, yeah. so yeah so okay so, but yeah th- i th- i think the level two is worth doing but you have to do level one to do level two so mm-hmm. therefore yes level level one's good when you but, do level one do you actually have to go out somewhere and, and get some training physically so it's one day and it's a um Oh, I can't think what they call it, but you you have you go somewhere and you do the day and then you've qualified. You don't have okay. to do any kind of homework or anything like okay. that. But you have to participate. No homework. Good. Do have, yeah, it's good. All good. <laughs> um, yeah. So there's normally one at like Eastleigh and stuff. It's not you don't have to go far ah, for right, those okay. ones. Cool. Level two, you do four contact days, mm-hmm. um, two, and then you have a break for about a month and you go away and do lots of work and then you do another day and then you do another bit of project and you coach someone during that time. Um, Amazing. Okay. You get kind of tested on various skills around that. And when you say coach somebody, do you actually get a proper somebody proper to coach, or is it it an instructor that you're coaching? It's a real person. You choose who it is. So, um, because I went to Kent as well to do that, just because of timings and and where they were, and there weren't many close by. Um, So they don't like give you a person. They say you know have somebody that's at home that you can that you will see and you will coach, and then you do all the sort of. all the stuff with them around assessment and mm. you know looking at their technique and stuff like that so a couple of people use like their partners yeah and i was like i don't need to coach tony he knows how to run 100 <laughs> miles this is for like an endurance sort of thing so i actually had um angela who's one of my good gym runners brilliant okay coached so that her well. to do portsmouth half marathon which was her first ever half fantastic great so, result yeah, linking to rob piggott you see Ah, there we go. See, it's all linked. It's, it's all linked. All linked. In we are all interlinked in Portsmouth. It's a knit. It's a, it's a, it it's a woven together knit. <laughs> That's fantastic. That's really good that you got to help her. And how did Angela get on with her, her half marathon? She uh, she's very good. She completed it. She was very happy. Good. I mean, she's now entered herself into um, an ultra for this year. So wow. I think we can safely say she has the running bug. <laughs> you know, she's going to be having the same conversation with somebody in the future, going, "That Katie got me to sign up for my first ultra." Marathon. Yeah, it's all her fault. <laughs> no, that was all her own doing. I have to say. <laughs> So, um, what, what, what running club up in in the Midlands did you join? So then? they were called Washlands Women's Runners because they wow. met in the Washlands of Burton. So, Sounds yes. 
like Glamorous. Uh, a Mad Maxi type, the Washlands. <laughs> the Washlands, yeah. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Good club. Yeah, they're really friendly, lovely, lovely mm-hmm. people. Um, a good kind of. They were quite a small club, but yeah. um, lots of people kind of wanting to do different things and um, lots of people doing kind of half marathons and training for like the London Marathon because that was I mean that is the big marathon isn't it but it was still you know in the early 2000s marathon running was still very kind of you know there weren't there wasn't a marathon somewhere Mm. every weekend like there is now so so yeah, I but remember. eventually you did settle back down in, in Portsmouth. Yeah, came, came back, back and down. I've never left again. So. Yeah, so that, so that that was the final kind I'm of move, move yeah. back down. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and breathe, and relax. You're by the seaside. Yeah, and relax. yeah that's where I'm meant to be. <laughs> and you did you, you did um talking about marathons. You did your first marathon. Was the was London the first? It you was did? London. So I got rejected from London the year I was living in. Burton I was like oh that's actually probably quite a good thing and I remember doing the the Silverstone half so it was the inaugural Silverstone half when you mm-hmm. ran around the like car race track okay. um, with some of the ladies who were training for the marathon and I was like how would you ever run double this I don't understand mm-hmm. and apparently you can because yeah. I have done it yeah. a few times yeah. so yeah I think 2004 was my first marathon which oh, was okay. London it was weather not dissimilar to today it was quite oh, rainy okay but actually to run it, obviously it was a little bit warmer, um, to run it was really nice. And there were still loads of people out, like mm. watching loads of spectators. Um, so it was it was a great experience. I ran the whole thing with um, a lady called Diane, who I'd been training with. Okay. Um, she even waited for me while I went for a wee at seven miles. So nice. <laughs> it's very kind, very kind. Um, yeah, it was, it was just a really good experience. I did cross the line and go, I am never doing that again. On that point, yeah. how many have you done since? <laughs> 20 marathons since yeah okay so, I wonder how many people actually say that when they cross the line yeah. probably nearly everybody probably a lot of people and I only think I think I know one person who actually has never done another marathon oh, after, okay. after one so it, it does exist it does although happen. I still think she may do another one yeah there's time yeah I think I just I don't know why I was just like oh it was so hard or whatever mm. um, but it was it was a good experience and, and a positive experience and it wasn't until I went back to watch the next year at London and I got off the coach and it's just the, I don't know, something about the atmosphere and it's a real buzz of a mm. place to be. And I was like, oh, I wish I was running. And I was like, God, where did that thought come from? This is terrible. Yeah. And then I was like, oh, I'm just going to have to do some more. So some yeah. more happened. Yeah. That first marathon is is awful. I remember my first, I, don't, I think I may have said this on the show on a show before, I'm not sure, I'm not sure but I, back in the days when I first started using Strava, they used to, you know, Strava do these monthly challenges that you can yes. enter, like how much mileage can you run this month? They, they do those every month regardless. They had one which was run a marathon in one go. Mm. And I was like, okay, back then I was like, okay, cool. And the weekend came, I think it was about, a, we had a week left to go to, to, to do the challenge. And I wasn't trained for a marathon, but I was running probably like half marathons. And I just went, right, it's gonna go do a marathon. So I dumped a load of food outside my front door. <laughs> and sorry, this is a bit of a story. Um, and thought, what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna do six mile loops, um, to gun wharf and back and pick up the food have, have some drink and then go and do, do the same thing again completely inexperienced never run one before and I went to gun wharf and tagged onto two people who were running a long run with backpacks and going out to Porchester and I got chatting with them and just said yeah, you know I'll, I'll carry on with you guys then I ended up getting back to the house at mile 20 oh wow not, not having eaten anything um, <laughs> longest run before them was maybe half I think wow. and I was just dead well, that is Absolutely the way to finished. do it. Yep. And I did the last 10K, probably took me an hour and a half or something with, with my neighbour. And I said to him, 
I'm never doing a marathon ever again. See, that's there not. It's yeah, it's a marathon race as as, as opposed to just just not, running not one. Just <laughs> running a marathon. You cannot just run a marathon, yeah. but you'd have done that with hardly any training as well. That's yeah, that's pretty hard. Yeah, it was hard. I think I was, I that think ultra was, brain was there all the time, it, wasn't it? I think it was, it, was, it was. I was just fascinated, you know. And I've always been like, I've always been been kind of like, you know, if I see something that I like, you know push the books aside, I'm, I'm going to go and do it. I'll have a go at that. Yeah, and if I fail, I'm just like, okay, cool, now I'm going to go back and start reading the books and see what it's all about. So that's kind of the way I, I've always approached stuff in my life. Did you learn from that experience that maybe a bit more training towards marathon distance yeah. is probably better? Yeah, yeah, I did, I did. But I, but I also learned that it, it gives a hell of a good story to tell. So, <laughs> so there you go. always a good story. There you go, yeah. But there are, you're right, there are easier ways to do things, I think. Yeah, that's, that's pretty hard, pretty hard. Anyways, so what other mar- marathons have you done? Another twenty. So I've done another two Londons, um, both of which were really hot. One was in fancy dress as a fairy. I think Dal might have mentioned the fairy thing because we did the Main Valley plod to two months prior to that marathon, dressed as fairies. Yes. And I was like, nah, if I can run twenty miles across country dressed as a fairy, I can do it at the marathon. That's fine. <laughs> so yeah, I did that. Magic. Um, I've done Berlin twice. Amsterdam, mm-hmm. Barcelona, Toronto. So basically, marathon running is an excellent excuse to go on holiday. Actually, any running, because I've mm. also done like various halves and things um, abroad. I have to say, I don't know, might, might, might be controversial to you as a longer distance runner, but I do think kind of going abroad to do a half marathon is much more relaxing yeah. <laughs> because it's basically a nice weekend away with an incidental run that you're not then staggering around yep. um, trying to kind of recover yourself from but yeah I did that just week, just last weekend there you, there you go, go. <laughs> there you go so it's all good brilliant and no injuries during these marathons at all um, do you know what my, my worst injuries have been from non-running related things and they're the things that have um, kind of taken me out of running um, I had a few I've had a few niggles and muscle pulls and whatever and normal thing. I've been running a long time. It's it's going to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm much better at doing my cross training and strength and conditioning and things like that okay. these days than yep. I than I ever have been previously, and that does help. And also, I'm much better at backing off now when I feel I need to, rather okay. than just going. No, the plan says twenty miles. I must run twenty miles yeah. today. Um, so, yes, you're good at listening. Listening sensible. to the body, yeah. Not okay. all the time, but more more often now. Mm. Definitely, definitely. Now you you, have, you said about other sports bringing on the injuries more than the running, which is interesting because obviously clearly what you're doing with the running is working. Yeah. And that you're in a really really good routine, but you had a a, a nasty snowboarding accident in yeah. 2008. I'm I'm not a great fan of snow sports due to this, so I went on my first ever snow holiday. Oh. Got talked into it like you do. There we go. Um and <laughs> yeah, I basically fell backwards down a mountain onto my lower back and fractured my um Ooh. had a fracture across my sacrum which is the one just above the coccyx so the big triangle one Ooh, um right. yeah it's really painful yeah. i mean i got to experience french medical care it was excellent right. the uh <laughs> the doctor was a bit nuts but i suppose if you work in a ski resort you know mm-hmm. you're going to see lots of people injuries yeah. and he was like prodding and poking I was like ow ow that really hurts was, was it bad X-men. enough that you had to be rescued off the off the mountain no I took my so we'd gone up to a particular run and then I was nearly at the top of it when this happened so because snowboarding you face different ways so I was okay. faced up the mountain and fell all the way back so you're falling right. like, all kind of really quite onto, your, mm-hmm. onto yourself also like 
knocked my head a bit I think okay but I didn't knock any sense into myself <laughs> but down so I walked as I took my board off walked down the little run mm-hmm. and then there was like a funicular railway thing that I got on and I thought like oh, I thought I'd just like bruised myself or hurt myself a yeah. bit but we were on this railway going down the mountain and I was like oh my god this is so painful I've never felt anything like it I thought, oh, it'll be fine, fine. I didn't go to the med- medic till next day because I, I literally thought, oh, I, I can't have done anything that bad. But mm. yeah, in the x-rays and everything, got to go home on the flight with a massive envelope tucked under my arm, which was pictures of my spine. Quite interesting, <laughs> quite interesting. But yeah, sitting down after that was Ooh, so I could imagine. pleasant. Oh. I was on a lot of drugs yeah. um, um, and lots of painkillers and anti-inflammatories and all sorts of things. I don't even know they they just, French, just to get you back as just whatever they'd yeah. given me I was like yeah I'll take them I'll take them anything yeah. and then I had a special cushion at work mm-hmm. for about six months with like a little triangle cut out the back of it so it didn't put any pressure okay so yeah my manager at the time she was awesome she sorted all that out brilliant, brilliant. and stuff and I had two jobs I was working at Portsmouth City Council at that point and I had two jobs in two different departments mm. so one of the days I did half a day in one job and half a day in the other so I could be seen at lunchtime with my little cushion under my arm <laughs> scuttling down to my other desk um yes but you but you recovered and I you, recovered uh, yeah. and I ran the Toronto Marathon after that because I yeah I did it in the February and then I ran the marathon in October and I have to say starting back running was really hard and I was really like so conscious about like ooh you know am I going to really hurt myself and because mm. all the muscles have gone really kind of stiff around that area I was like oh god not good all fine now all fine now you're all good yeah and, you, and yeah. you've never been snowboarding since no and I probably never will <laughs> no, 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 no. so Kate, we're going on the timeline we're getting maybe to about 2014 now you said that you left Portsmouth Joggers and joined the athletics club yeah. again yeah back to Decision. my roots Oh, lots of different things, but I think I just needed a bit of a change as well. And um, I kind of change is good. Change, change is, good. is always good. Change is as good as a rest. And it was just going back to that sort of different training. Obviously, I joined a different group because I didn't want to run eight and fifteens again. So, not, so you went running with Pat? No, okay. she was still there at that point. So Katie, yeah. come back to my group. She was like, "You're one of my high school girls, weren't you?" Yes, Pat. And I felt <laughs> like I was fourteen again. Yeah, yeah. Like, Scuttled off. Um, so yeah, I joined um, Dave Fudge's group. Okay. Dave is an ex um, international athlete as well, so mm-hmm. a very good marathon runner in his time. Um, so yes, he's got lots lots of expertise to share. Brilliant. And then yeah, it was just more structured training, different training, and like I was saying earlier about having people that are quicker than you, but not really extremely quick. So, you had so there were that. there are people in that group who are way way quicker than me, but there's also a few who are just a little bit quicker mm. or they're better at certain things than I am so you know there's lots of people to work off so it feels more of a ladder so you can actually put your hand on something and climb a little exactly, bit higher yeah exactly rather than that. a ladder so, that's got like two meters of separation between yeah. the uh, things okay. yeah so that that worked pretty well I did get some I think yeah okay so the, so the training tw- 27 2016 2017 I did have a few PBs over like 5k 10k that's oh, sort brilliant of thing. Okay. so not bad for you know some would you get, like to share your 5k pb not time really. <laughs> <laughs> okay, but i always ask everyone because so well i mean you can look it up can't you now I with could. the power of I, the internet i could indeed so my yeah actually funny story which you will also know yeah when i got interviewed for the good gym job they asked me my 5k pb and i was like wow i've never been asked that in a job interview before <laughs> really random so yeah so my park run 
PB is 2122. Okay. But my 5K PB is 2054 or 56. Okay. Like that, just under 21 minutes. Okay, brilliant. But now I look at that and I'm like, oh, that seems quite far away. <laughs> that seems quite hard. Good running. I, I always ask, I, you know, P, PBs are irrelevant really, but it's just it's it's just nice. And it's, it's, it's numbers. It's, it's maths. No, it's maths. There we go. It's stats. It's lovely. We, we mentioned the numbers. Yeah. I have to say, I think, yeah, my, my main kind of mission now, post 40, is to try and um, limit how much slower I get rather than trying to get faster. Okay. Sounds, because sounds I've reasonable. been doing it for such a long time. If you start at 40 or 45 mm. or whatever, then obviously you will get quicker as you get trained. But if you've been running for a long time, you tend to get slower. You tend to have had your peak already. So yeah, that's, true. that's true. Happy with that. <laughs> and also, like I think when you're when you're a lot younger, if you're really smashing out like you know quick times, like at a really high level, the older you get, you're not going to really reach those times again. But if you haven't if you've still got something left in the tank when you're older, you can. You can. I mean, yeah. there are people running PBs into their fifties and sixties. Yeah. So I th still think I've got a marathon PB in me. I don't think I've ever quite performed at the marathon. What would you? Yet. What would you be chasing? Do you think? Because you've clearly thought about 330 this. Three thirty is what I want to get. You want to get two That's four. my aim. Okay. Whether I'll do that this year or next year or when, I don't know. But so you have to find uh, somebody to go around with on the day and cling on to them and yeah. Take <laughs> Well. I did my PB at Brighton okay. quite a long time ago now, um, but I walked during that because mm. I had a little mental wobble at about 24 miles. Clearly, this is a thing with me, isn't it? So 24 miles, so it was nearly the end. And <laughs> have you done Brighton Marathon? I haven't, no. So you go out to Shoreham Power Station, mm -hmm. and that's about 23-ish miles, which is always a bit of a dodgy point in a marathon. Yeah. And then you kind of loop back and there's a water station there. And I got to the water station and I was just like, oh man, I'm bored of this. This is so hard. I really can't be bothered anymore. Why am I doing it? Blah, blah, blah. You know, yeah. question the world. Had a little drink. And then um, you kind of, you do this sort of loop um, and go past the bit that you've gone into. Probably, I think that's probably about a mile. And then you're, you're sort of heading back along the seafront towards Brighton Pier. And, uh, and I'd seen my friend going into this loop and I was like, pull yourself together Katie for goodness sake he'll think you've died or something <laughs> obviously you will you get a bit dramatic <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. in the marathon um you know you've got to start running again because how embarrassing would it be to take 25 minutes to do this mile so I was just like it was all about like how how bad I would feel about just being a bit rubbish um so yeah I kind of got myself going again and, and got a PB at, at the end so brilliant yeah. brilliant there's lots of people training for Brighton at the moment because I know um, uh, Brett Rumford, who runs yep. for Baffins, Brett. put a message on, on on the Facebook post uh, this week, and I know he's training. In fact, I think a lot of the Baffins for crew are training for Brighton. Yeah, it seems to be one of the one of the focus races in the south. So. I mean, it's nice. It's easy to get to, isn't mm. it? And it is a really good marathon. Really well supported. Okay. Really well organised, mm. and all of that. I did the very first one. People said I was mad. So they're like, "Well, what if it all goes wrong because they haven't, you know, organised it properly or whatever?" and I was like who oh, cares they, do. they know what they're doing it'll be fine and it was yeah. so and it doesn't have yeah. to be the first time uh, for a race that it goes wrong because did you hear about the Winchester 10k last weekend no yeah I think it was last weekend or the weekend before they sent the first now this I'm, no, I wasn't there <laughs> I'm, I'm hearing this through through rumors, hearsay rumors this is rumors but somebody who was there um, told me in the change rooms yesterday at work that they sent the first hundred people the wrong way ouch which cost loads and loads of PBs. I think 
for a 10k when you're at the front running on the road probably there's probably some people who are pretty serious about breaking mm. their, their pbs and stuff so i'm sure they weren't happy Gosh. i'd be like cool more mileage whatever yeah, <laughs> yeah you'd be like 10k is just a warm-up for me yeah, it's fine let's get, get some more miles yeah, that's yeah. difficult i you know full respect to all race organizers especially for kind of big either like long big in long distance or big in terms of kind of participants it's mm. it's tricky yeah it's, it's tricky. really hard i mean i think yeah you just take it for granted don't you because you're a runner you know the form when you're a runner you know the format it's, all the stuff's happening around you the format looks the same and you just think it's just the same how hard can it be yeah but it, it must be so detailed and obviously rob spoke about it a little yeah bit. um gosh the, the stress must yeah. be immense I've spoken with, do you know James Elson from Centurion Events? I I kind of know of him. I don't think I've ever met him. So I chatted with James at the running show and he, you know, he went into it a little bit and just said, you know, those race days for him are like hell. Mm. You know, he's got like courses 50 miles to 100 miles that he's got to worry about. And he really does worry about the runners so much. And it can take like one sign that's been removed, point arrows pointing to the other side. Yeah. And people are in serious trouble, you know. People can hurt themselves and end up in bad situations. So... Yeah, kudos to the race, all Absolutely. the race organisers out there. Big up the race organisers. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of, of longer races, you in 2015 you said you walked a 100 kilometre route. What the heck? <laughs> it's another one of those crazy things. Did you get asked so, to do this? Four people in a team, trail walker, it's done for Oxfam, it's okay. along the South Downs Way and there's a trail trekker which is somewhere i want to say yorkshire but i could be wrong but it's that kind of part of england um and there's quite a few people that i knew that had run it mm-hmm. and i was like oh that's you know a long way to run and you know well done some of them have been going out to try and break records and all sorts mm. of things so i kind of knew of it um and my old boss so this is from when i worked in social care at the council and another guy who was on our team had been out in a pub where all the best ideas happen. Of course. Um, I'm not sure whose idea it was, but it was definitely one of them. And they'd seen this trail walker. They were like, that looks epic. And, you know, we can raise money for Oxfam. So it's all a very, you know, worthy cause. And what other idiots can we talk into doing it with us? (laughs) Obviously, my name came up. Um, So, and uh, another girl who we worked with as well. So there was myself, Rob, Jim, Neve four of us we'd work together but we didn't like we socialized a little bit together in a Mm -hmm. kind of work do kind of thing but we'd never really done anything anywhere near like that together so it was a real like step into the unknown so yeah so obviously you go go on then yeah that'll be fine um obviously me being me i came up with a training plan for everybody and so we did lots of kind of trial walks and we wreckied bits of the course because obviously you can drive yourself to Arundel and then mm. walk a bit and get the train or whatever. So we did lots and lots of training um, all together. And then, yeah, we did the event. So it was absolutely boiling hot when we started. Not great, not great not conditions. Great. For a... I'm not great in the heat, to be fair. Um, so yes we started on a really really hot day and off we off we trotted and we had all our so we had tony uh my tony and stuart mm-hmm. neve's husband were our fantastic support crew and we had an, an agreement that until the fir- until halfway or just over halfway we were going to spend minimal time at checkpoints so we might go in maybe change socks have something quick to eat and get out again and, and tony's mission was to 
give us like right come on go, guys go, go, you've go. got to go sure, sure. and he said he was getting some really weird looks because people were like oh man he's really strict isn't he but actually it worked really well Good. and then you know as time went on later on it's like oh fix this blister oh, oh my god it's so awful um and yeah and when we finished it was like um a completely different season because it was pouring with rain we wow. were all soaked to the skin jim had somewhere in the support van mislaid his um waterproof jacket so he was wearing a pair of waterproof trousers as kind of like a shawl um to keep him dry i mean you know you you know you've done things that last Mm. more than 24 hours your brain just goes i don't know yeah it's a very strange state of mind to be really weird and it was a real trudge i had terrible blisters i'd had a little a few blisters on training walks and stuff but not really anything that bad but i mean the great thing was that having gone from never doing anything like that together as a four, we all really complemented each other really, really well. That's so good. all of us had bad patches at different points mm-hmm. and all of us kind of dragged each other through that. We had quite a lot of singing in the early part um, <laughs> and quite a lot of quiet time yep. later on, especially sort of through the night once it kind of got into the next morning. Um, but yeah, but I did end up with a stress fracture in my foot as Ooh, a result right, of that okay. and had another six months off running after that, which was a bit unfortunate. Completely off. Yeah, and okay. I don't really, I'm kind of still a bit uh, bemused by it because I was like, but I did loads of training. Like, why did I get a stress fracture? So weird. I think it's probably down to blisters and then walking slightly differently and yeah. it just yeah. all went a bit weird. Just so, one, of, one of those things, yeah. Just one of those things. But, you know, actually sometimes a rest off running is not a bad thing, so... Yeah. I did come come back and run all right afterwards. So. so you didn't miss you didn't really well you missed it but you oh, but you were okay. It. I was you like were okay proper grumpy. Oh, really? Okay. <laughs> did you do anything like uh, else exercise wise? To... Um, I was trying to do like because it was hard because you can't really put weight through your foot so that kind of takes out quite a lot of things. Um, so I did some swimming but I really have an association of swimming and being injured. Mm. Um, although I did do a swimathon a couple of years ago again something that someone Denise. King, the lovely uh, yes. Mrs. King. That Denise, was her yeah. fault. Um, she was like, "Do you want to do this with me? I really want to do it." Oh, go on then. Fantastic. Um, yes. So, but yeah, generally swimming for me is associated with being in, injured. So I don't. I'm in the pool going, "Oh, this is really." You know, I could run this distance in about a quarter of the time, and <laughs> yeah. so I need to get myself over that a little bit. But yes, yeah, so I still mm. did a lot, and I was really conscious that I couldn't eat what I normally eat when I'm running okay. and things like that. Yeah, so. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if food, food, food and running, I've mentioned it before, is like a funny thing, isn't it? Because you, we're all aware of the conditions that some people have and the eating disorders people get through running, worrying too much, putting on too much weight. And yeah. stuff. But you do, don't you? I mean, you naturally, when you're in a routine of running so much like you do and um, you know, kind of know what you can eat and you know that balance, when the running stops, the eating doesn't stop. Because you don't, you don't get injured eating-wise, do you? No. It, and it, also your body still thinks you're doing just as much exercise. Exactly. So it's kind of like you're still just as hungry. I yeah. mean, think about like post-marathon, obviously your training ramps up. If you're doing sort of phases of training, mm. your training really ramps up to a marathon and then you do the marathon. And obviously you need to eat good nutritious food afterwards yeah, to recover sure. from that. But your body's still sort of thinking, oh God, it's Saturday. I've got to go out and do another long run. Whereas obviously that's kind of stopped. Okay, but yeah. yeah, so it's still giving no, you all those true. signs of being really hungry okay right um good gym katie good gym good gym good gym came around good gym came to town good gym came to town hooray funny funny stories that we both rocked up 
uh, for the Good Gym interview day. <laughs> yes. So, I mean, you know, we talk about Portsmouth and everyone knowing everyone, yeah. don't we? And um, another one of the Good Gym trainers actually described the Good Gym job as like a runner's perfect job. And, uh, you know, I wouldn't disagree with that. It yeah. is, it's a brilliant job. I absolutely love it. Um, so we rock up for the mm-hmm. interview day. You go in, have a normal interview with people, apart from getting asked about your 5K time. A little bit yeah. weird in the yeah. interview. Um, and then the second part of the interview is to do or was to do um, a fitness session because part of the group run that we do on a Wednesday, um, once you've gone and done your, your good deeds, you come back, you do a little fitness session for 10 minutes. So part of the interview was checking that you could put on said fitness session. Okay. So they were like, right, you know, obviously we need participants. You can't just do it to nobody. So everyone they interviewed did each other's fitness sessions. Which, so yeah. we all turn up going, all right, all right, all right. Yeah. Everyone knew everyone. Yeah, there, was a, there was one person there that I hadn't met before, but you knew. Okay. And yep. um, so again, it's like one degree of separation, isn't mm. it, in running? Yep. And then you and one other, I don't know if he wants his name mentioned, so I won't say who it was. That's fair enough, yeah. Um, <laughs> had run the ultra the day before, and I'd run the marathon the day before. Mm. So, do you remember that's right that? yes yeah. yes okay and I've, so, I've forgotten that yeah. yeah so I really remember this because I was really hurting so Portsmouth Marathon shout out Rob Piggott again um, so yes yeah, so we had to do these fitness sessions so we not only had to deliver a 10 minute fitness session you know doing our demonstrations mm. or whatever we were doing but then we also had to participate in four other fitness sessions with our sore little marathon Correct. legs shuffling yeah. about going yeah. oh my god this is so painful <laughs> which is quite nice actually and it probably actually helped didn't yeah. it, it probably yeah. did kind of shake us out but yeah i just i remember you like whizzing all the way around victoria park did we go down the slide as well or did we decide not to? There was definitely a discussion about going we down the slide. We went through the park in Victoria yeah. Park. Yeah, we did. We did something. Yeah, I think I remember going through there. But yeah, it was good. It was. It was an interesting day, wasn't it? It was quite. It was quite fun. It was crazy. It was Ed from Good Gym who came down. Ed, Ed Field. Ed was Field. It? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. He was. He was really good as well. And uh, yeah, he's great. Fantastic. Great so, so obviously you you got you got the role of being oh, Good did. Gym Good Gym lead for Portsmouth. Yeah. It was brilliant. I, I think. Yeah, it was a really, really good decision because you've done such fantastic stuff with it. Thank you very much. Um, <laughs> and obviously, Good Gym's grown in Portsmouth from the first time. But tell us kind of how, how it kind of all began then. So it took a few months for it to get started off. Yeah, so um, because we had the job interview just before Christmas, then some key person, I don't know, I still don't know who it was actually, was not around. So we didn't even hear till January who'd got the job. Mm. <laughs> so it was a bit like, oh. God, come on, because I think I remember you texting me going, Have you heard anything yet? <laughs> yeah, everyone, no. Everyone's talking to everyone. No, yeah, talking like, no, 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 nobody knows, nobody knows, it's <laughs> fine. Um, so, yeah, so then I had my training up at Good Gym Central mm-hmm. in, I want to say February time. I think it was half term. Um, so, so that kind of comprised of everything to do with the Good Gym website. So how to set up runs on there and you okay. know everything that's expected of you as a trainer and then little practices of how to do the intro and the outro and blah, blah, blah. Okay. Um, and then also they paid for us to stay over. So we stayed over the night before we did our training in, in the office and went to a Good Gym session on the... I'm going to say Tuesday night. Okay. Off, off some heads. So Tuesday night, then did our training on the Wednesday and then went to a good gym session on the Wednesday night as well. Okay. So that you could get an idea of what was going on in the other areas That's and really how good. the leaders do it. And That's things. a really good idea. So yeah. they like you to do, so they like you to have maybe tried one beforehand, which is fine if you live in London because there's loads. But obviously for us, it was a little bit more mm-hmm. difficult. Um, and then you have to do 
three as like a trainee trainer so you go along the first one that you do you just do a little bit of uh, the fitness session and then the second one that you do you do a little bit more and then the third one you basically kind of you lead it with the actual leader there so okay um you'll you'll do all what you would do as if you were the leader but obviously it's not your area so i did my one of those in worthing mm-hmm. so i was like right i am technically your leader tonight but i actually don't know the way so i'm <laughs> delegating you that to julia who yeah. is actually does know where she's going like a proper leader um, and then you exactly <laughs> a good good skill delegation yeah. and then you write the report and take the photos and do all of that stuff as well so, and, then, and then you're ready to go and then we had to wait until after the elections to actually launch because we were funded by Portsmouth City Council and there's I don't know if you know but there's a whole lead up to election called PERDA where you're not allowed to do anything which could show favour to one or other political parties so if we'd had like a local councillor coming we'd have had to have like all the local councillors sort of thing so we were like you know what it's easier just to do it after the election so we launched in May 2018 so we will be two in May this year Um, and we had the Lord Mayor come along and make a little speech and Lovely. things like that and uh yeah and we went to manor infant school to do loads of stuff in their garden okay. so, so that was the first ever the, the first ever good gym portsmouth and i was so like oh my god i'm so nervous <laughs> and um two guys from central office came down to kind of support um and do sort of document checks and bits and bobs and it was quite, quite interesting because they were like oh yeah this this could work we weren't really sure if it mm. would work here and your location and da, da, da. but yeah no it looks all right and since then we've got lots of really really positive feedback from the central yeah. team about like oh it's absolutely brilliant in Portsmouth it's yeah. great you know it's really nice to see and da, da, da. so that's brilliant that's really, really good. good so it's, it's a good More fit yeah it is a good fit so for, for those listening who might not know literally what, what I was about to what say what the gym is yes. I think it might be worth just maybe mentioning what it what actually it, what, is what it is yeah. what you do and how it works yeah so yeah. it is a kind of it started life as a bit of a running club with a difference although now we are definitely not exclusively for runners we want to encourage walkers as well so we want to definitely increase participation in in that uh in that respect yeah so basically we use our runs to do good in the local community so we rather than run miles that don't need to be run on a treadmill we will run to somewhere and then rather than lift things that don't need to be lifted like weights or something in the gym we will lift things that do need to be in it do need to be lifted okay. so it might be that we're sorting out donations in the food bank so we're lifting cans and lifting mm-hmm. shifting that it might be that we're helping a school with planting or painting or yeah. anything they can come up with that they need help with um or it might be that we're helping charity shops sort out donations we've done lots of stuff up at hillsley lido mm-hmm. so we go there when when it's light evening so when it's british summertime we go to Hillsley Lido once a month to help with okay. tasks up there because they've got loads of stuff for us to do. Okay. Um, but yeah, basically any charitable organisation um, of, of any type, and that we kind of include schools in yeah. in that as well. As long as it's not for profit, basically, we will happily lend a hand. So a big group of us run to wherever it is we're going to, help out for about 45 minutes, run back, have a little fitness session, unless people have been a bit reticent to leave the task, which does happen. (laughs) And they're very very naughty. They miss out on a fitness session. But yeah, generally the idea is we do a little bit of fitness, whether that be running drills or strength and conditioning Mm. or something, but it's kind of related to helping your running. And then 
we're, we're all done in 90 minutes. So effectively all using all the fitness, but using a portion of the energy spent normally, you know, moving your arms up and down, or your legs up and down yeah. or whatever, to do a good deed, so do effectively. Good deed. Is, yeah. It's brilliant, isn't yeah. it? I mean, it's such a good concept. It's a great idea. It's a great idea. So that's our kind of, so we do that every single Wednesday. And from next week, we're actually starting meeting at our new location, which Ooh. is Make Charity Shop and Cafe. Um, which is in Fratton still, mm-hmm. um, so we're easy to get to basically anywhere on Portsea Island um, to to help out. Um, so it's Cornwall Road in Fratton. We meet at six fifteen. We go out the door at six thirty. Back by eight o'clock. Okay. If somebody if somebody was listening and they wanted to get involved, how, how do people how do people do that? So the best way to see what we're up to is our website. So www.goodgym.org. Um, and all of the listings of everything we're doing on mm. there. So Wednesday is the day that we do everything. Yep. Um, that sorry that we always run or walk. Um, so fifty weeks of the year we do have Christmas off. Uh, fifty weeks of the year we will be will be running on a Wednesday. Okay. Um, we also do what we call community missions. So that is a similar type of thing where we're going and helping a charity and organization, etc. Okay. But we will run from wherever we are or get or walk or cycle. Would that be on a different day? So that would be on a different day. So at the moment we've got lots of community missions going on at the Society of St James's in Fratton. We're basically painting all their counselling rooms in little bits okay. of <laughs> little bits of time. And those will just happen nights. dotted around the year at yeah, various so dates. That, yeah, that won't necessarily happen every week, although most weeks there is something going on. Okay. We've also got various litter picks. We link up with South Sea Beach Watch course, every yeah, month. Really so good, we yeah. go and do theirs. Um, and any others that are going that are going on. So it's all listed on the website and there's lots and lots okay. to get involved with. The other two areas in terms of good gym are coach running, mm-hmm. which people can do. They don't If they don't fancy running in a group or, or going to different places and they want to have very, a very specific focus to their volunteering, we've got coach running. And that is when you are matched up with an isolated older person who maybe doesn't see very many people or maybe only sees carers or something like that. Um, and you run and see them once a week. So we call them our coach because they make us go and run to them. So we've got Brilliant. about- I love that. Yeah, so That's... they don't have to give us any tips about running. They just need to have a chat. And it is, it's kind of like a befriending type thing, but with the, the running tilt, if you like. I think we've got about five or six people matched up with coaches in have Portsmouth you done at one the of those moment. Yourself, I don't have a coach at the moment. Okay. Um, okay. And how, how does it work? Do you the person would obviously run there to their coach? Mm-hmm. Um, they'd be listening, and they would spend an hour yeah, or something, half an, an hour, hour just chatting. Have a cup of tea, have a chat. Um, do I'm going to let the cat out. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, the cat definitely wants to escape. The cat's had enough about chatting about running. These are all natural things that happen in the podcasting <laughs> office. <laughs> uh, yeah, so they, they go along, and, and you know, some of them will do a crossword, some of them will read, some of them will play music, you know, it's completely, they try and match you with someone who's maybe got sort of similar interests. Okay, and that works really well, it's had good feedback, has it? Yes, yeah, yeah, really good. And there's so many lovely stories about the difference those people make to to Mm. the the person who's who's on their own and really doesn't see anyone. There's too much of that around, Casey, honestly, there's people sat doing nothing all day and it really does. if if they don't have family around or Mm. they, do have family but don't see them very often or their family works or whatever it is it's, yeah. it's another person coming in to see them that's coming in as a friend not coming in to, to 
do something for yeah, them, as yeah. it were. So it's it's a very and I think it works both ways. Although it's very much kind of set up from the point of view of the runner helping out by by being this friend. Actually, what often happens is that the, the runner gets just as much out of it, whether yeah. that's kind of learning about local history or you know learning a new skill or, or whatever yeah, it, it yeah, might yeah. be. Um, and that's, that's where the coaching comes in. <laughs> exactly, exactly that. And then we also have what we call mission runs, which are when um, a very small group, so it'll be kind of two to maybe five runners, will go to, again, it's for isolated older people, we will go and help out with something that needs doing as a one-off task. So it might be like a garden clearance, it might be getting something out of an attic. There was one um, a couple of weekends ago that Mel and Maxine did, where they lowered the rails in a lady's wardrobe so she could reach her clothes because she was much less mobile than she had been and couldn't kind of reach the top the top railing okay. so they they lowered that for her and sorted that one out amazing it's quite fun though because yeah. when you go and do the gardening ones it's quite often that it's uh, um girls female runners that, mm -hmm. that go there just because of when people are available and who's available and things yep. and we have had like oh oh your girls <laughs> yeah it's alright we can still climb on a wall and pull that yeah, rose bush we, down or muscles. whatever yeah. we're fine like, yeah. oh, oh okay oh and I was like did you want a strapping young man come around your house is that <laughs> what this is about so it's always always quite fun oh, I love it it's brilliant uh, it really is I mean it's um obviously like a, a small task like moving someone's railing in a wardrobe is such yeah. a small task but what a difference yeah Just massive a small difference little thing like that. yeah and it's something that kind of falls through the gaps in terms of what's available yeah. as a as a service yeah. i know there's been an example where um, someone's garden was really overgrown so um the water company couldn't get to the drain because they needed to do something there yeah. so good gymmers came in cleared that and then the next thing could be done so it's the sort of knock-on effect mm -hmm. or even like hanging curtains for or changing light bulbs and things like that things that you need to kind of stand up on something for yeah that maybe if you're a little bit frail and yeah. you're, or you've got a, a risk of falling you probably shouldn't be doing mm. that but you've got some a couple of people who can come and do that yeah, for you and brilliant. it makes all the difference so it's, I think, it's lovely i think the um the, the flavor it leaves in people's mouths afterwards it must be like wow this you know i've got this this magical task force around me they've just wished by yeah. done this for me and I mean, it just must leave people feeling a lot more positive about the world generally, I think. So yeah, I think so. It, I mean, you know, you can look, can't you, everywhere for examples of how awful the world is, but actually it's so nice to have lots of examples of how good it is as well. And we did have one lady that we went to help in South Sea. She's losing her sight, so she needed help in sorting out a load of her stuff. And she was like, you know, we were going, do you want this? And where do you want that? And sorting out some of her cupboards and things. And, and she was like, oh, you're like, you're like angels that have just come in through the door. That's this exactly is amazing. How I see it. Yeah. And it is, and I think because you've got there in an active way, whether that be running, walking, maybe cycling, you've already got that energy a bit like what we were talking about earlier when you go to the gym before work and you're really annoying in the office um you know you've got you cut yep. you you turn up somewhere and it's like yep we're ready mm. we, we go you know we're, we're ready to go straight away yeah um so and you all wear your yeah. red good gym all have the red good gym t-shirt yeah. or the black good gym t-shirt oh, okay. very coveted the black good gym t-shirt because you only get that when you've done 50 good deeds ah so they have incentives oh. for the deeds exactly and if and when you've done 100 you get one with wings on the back not oh. actual wings just a picture <laughs> have you got that oh now i was really surprised actually because i went onto the good gym website for portsmouth yeah all this just do a, bit, a little bit of research well and stuff, done. And <laughs> I, I knew i knew about it already um but i wanted to see how many good deeds you guys have done and 
listeners who are listening to this, uh, I was shocked at how many. So it's almost two and a half thousand good deeds. Yeah, we only clicked over to two thousand at the very beginning of January as well. So there's been so much going on through. So in January every year, Good Gym as a whole have the January challenge, and it, they introduce an element of competition, which is a very dangerous thing to do with runners, as you can imagine. Oh yes. Um, and so all of the different areas. So there is since this week fifty eight different areas of Good Gym. Um, in the country all the areas compete as to who can do the most good deeds and who can run the furthest Mm -hmm. now our guys not really that bothered about running the distances i mean we did run far um but it was all about how many good deeds we could do do the the distance is there it kind of happens doesn't it so we were like oh we're not worried about that but where are we in the table um and we managed seventh or eighth out of 50, well, it was 57 areas at that point. Um, by the end of January, we were dead chuffed because we well are done. quite a small area yeah. as well. Um, so, yeah, we clicked over 2,000 into 2,000 good deeds in January. And like you said, we're already at nearly 2,500. Mm. It is quite incredible. There's a lot of energy. I'm really, really blessed because I have an amazing, um, we call them the task force. Mm-hmm. So, if you've done over 10 good deeds, you can join the task force, which basically means you can organize a community mission. Okay. And you, you can kind of basically look after that and, and do everything around that. So basically more good can be done. Uh, and I've got lots of enthusiastic people who do all of that. So our amazing position in the January challenge would not have happened without them. I have to say that yeah. I cannot take so for those even that are listening, half the credit. For those angels, those good angels, angels that yeah, are listening. Yeah, they're amazing. We can't name you all, but uh, <laughs> yeah, really, really well done. That's just fantastic. And yeah, I think awesome. you can see a lot of the task force profiles on yes, so the Richard page. Yes, so their pictures go down, 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 down the list. Yep. So, it's, so it's there are really angels good. on there. You can go and yeah. see, read all about them. And, um, are there any tasks that you've done that stick out for being the, the, the ones you enjoy the most or the, the most difficult? Do you know what? They are all good in their different ways. And it's really so nice to be able to go and help out. And there's a lot of the kind of with the task owners, if you like, the, the people that we go and help are like, wow, you've got loads done in the time. First time we went to the food bank, they're like, oh, can you sort the donations into here? And this is how it works and da, da, da. And so we're like, right, come on, go, go, go. And they're like, oh my God, you've done it all already. That's amazing. Um, So Mm. they like having us back as well, which is good. Um, It's really hard to pick out any as kind of, you know, better than any others. Like I said, I love going up to the Lido because there's just so much to do. And they've got a really, really small core team of volunteers up there. So actually for their volunteers, it's lovely to then come back and go oh someone else has done this bit or someone else has done that bit so they can kind of you can really see Mm. um, the progress do Um, do you get inundated with requests for help or is is that being slow to to kind of get going i have to say the very start it was really hard because i was trying to explain what we did to people and i think there was a little element of suspicion of like what you're going to come in and do all that stuff for free and you're just going to do it you would you would question it wouldn't you you would (laughs) that all seems a little bit odd i think now we're getting a bit more known people understand and we can also go here's a report from when we did something similar mm-hmm. here's a report from when we did something similar which i could do before but it was like they did this in london and this is how it worked and i think there's a little element in portsmouth of like well it's not portsmouth though is it it's not quite the same yeah. um so <laughs> yeah it, it was hard and it's always harder in the winter um to get stuff because in the summer there's loads and loads of kind of outdoor gardening jobs and painting Mm. kind of fences and railings and all of that sort of thing 
which in the winter, in the dark, when you can't see what you're doing. Although we have done some dark gardening, we have amazing work pictures. lights and yeah. stuff that we that we use for that. Um, so yeah, people always request more in the summer. So if there's anyone listening with any <laughs> links to charities or kind of third sector organisations who need something done, please do get in touch. There is a request a task button or link on the website can you just so remind us what the website, website is again www.goodgym.org okay or just google it or you'll, google you'll it if you yep. google good gym portsmouth you probably get through yep. to to our bit as well we also have facebook twitter and instagram which there you go. are all at gg portsmouth gg portsmouth, GG portsmouth. Okay. so yeah contact us Okay. However, in case you yourself, do you have an Instagram account, a personal one, or a, oh, I don't do Instagram. You don't do Instagram, no? no. Twitter, Facebook. Oh, I do have Twitter and Facebook. I use Facebook more, okay. and I've got a Facebook page for like my own coaching stuff and things as well. Tell so. us a little bit about the coaching stuff. So I am uh, what is known as a portfolio worker, which okay. basically means I have loads of different jobs. <laughs> okay, so I'm a very busy lady. Um, so I do. So the good gym paid work is ten hours a week. Obviously, sometimes it's a lot more than that. Yeah. Um, but I kind of consider it, well, you know, if I wasn't doing this role, I'd probably still be doing good gym in some way. So I just consider it, this is what I'm doing as yep. as a member, <laughs> as, yep. a normal, as a normal good gym member. Yep. Um, so I do that. Then I have what I always refer to as my real job, only because it comes with a payslip. Mm-hmm. So I work um, as a nutritionist for okay. the obesity service in Hampshire. Um, so all food questions are okay you know i'm happy with that so to do with schools and everything and uh so it's adults adults okay. adults adults with weight problems um okay. so helping them lose weight um and possibly kind of getting them to, to surgery and things like that so it's, okay. it's interesting i get to meet lots and lots of people doing that um i work once a fortnight at the moment in east knee health center doing like an activity clinic in there okay. do a little bit of personal training um do a little bit of running coaching teach a class once a week although it's two classes mm. it's two it's back to back so yeah all sorts you get a whole mess of it's brilliant of stuff to do yeah. yeah this is clearly what i was meant to do because i if i just do one thing i think i just get bored mm. <laughs> it's, it's an it's interesting that you described your job that you in a portfolio kind of way because um you know again i heard a, a podcast show a while ago with um i don't know i don't know what the person's title would be but it was a man called naval ravikant okay. he's an american entrepreneur and stuff and I heard him on the Joe Rogan podcast and he was talking about how business these days is becoming very atomized I say I use atomized in inverse <laughs> commas because people are becoming you know the you, they're just enabled to do multiple things um, using Instagram and the internet and websites and you know I, I know people who are running businesses through their Instagram account yep. and that's all they've got and then they'll, they'll be doing something a little bit more chunkier out of their time during the week somewhere else and you know like you say someone doing something getting a paycheck but they've got all this other stuff atomized around them and people that are doing, uh, you know, writing music for somebody or fr- or doing frames on the weekend. It's just, it's amazing that you can kind of do this these days. And yeah, I, I think, you know, for, for its faults, um, in, you know, the internet and social media has been really helpful in that mm, respect very much and right. can be really, really positive. So it's just yeah. kind of using it and making sure you use it in, in that way. And also the, the, the kind of issue with doing the kind of multiple jobs is that sometimes you just forget that you're actually you actually do need a little bit of a break so i've got a lot better at that and especially where some of the things so something like good gym 
yes it's my job but it's also completely my passion is mm. running isn't it so it's it, the, the lines are so blurred um yeah. one of the other trainers is it does you know similar lots of different jobs and she was like you know people say oh you know find a job you love and you'll never work a day another day in your life she's like it's more like find a job you'll love you'll never stop working <laughs> there is a little a bit of very that. very smart point yeah, yeah. so i know i am quite good about right you know this is the time that i'm not on screen mm. this is the time that i'm you know not actually you know technically working yeah, yeah, and you know yeah. whilst I, obviously if i bump into someone and they want a conversation about something i'm not going to be like no no this is not the right time yeah. for that this yeah. is not the right block um but a, yeah i do really try and make point, yeah. sure i have a break as well yeah excellent very very sensible i mean i tell people to do that so i need to do it myself right <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah for sure okay so that's been that's been absolutely brilliant i don't want to i know i've taken nearly an hour and a half of your time really it's on this fine. podcast and uh, i mean we could talk for probably hours more but people could. might get a little bored we could we could, we could. <laughs> and like i say these podcasts could go on for for hours yeah like you say them I mean, there's so much else to discuss and uh, i made loads loads of other questions but um i always ask some recovery run questions at the end so these are these these obviously you know they're coming because you've listened to the show i know they're coming i'm also like oh we always ask different ones so i can't prepare Correct. any answers they're i've easy. noticed this they're easy oh, they're fine quick fire you never know what you're gonna say <laughs> okay so here we go okay right road or trail oh so <laughs> I, I, I can't a quick fire i cannot <laughs> ever do a one one road uh, one word answer people who know me will know that um, I like to train on the trail. I like trail races because they are much more chilled out and also you quite often get to eat nice things along the way. Yeah. Very important. Um, but if I was doing like a race for time or something like that, then I'd do road. So yeah. Both. Both. <laughs> Katie's answer will Katie's both. Katie's answer will never be black and white one or the other. It's, like, it's, it's all grey. The very, world's very grey. Very, very, I like that answer. That's very good. It's pretty much what I would say as well. Yeah. Um, your favourite route that you like to run in Portsmouth? Um, in Portsmouth. Or around Portsmouth. Yeah. So definitely um, anywhere that involves like the little Fox's Forest up at Hillsy. Ah, so right. I'll put it in my long runs, but it's in because I live kind of like in the middle. I can put it in my shorter runs as well. So I really like it up there. It's okay. just a bit of nature, isn't it, in the, in the city. And very, very quickly, north side or south side of the water in Fox's Forest? Do you go to the left both. or the right? Both. I okay. do both, yeah. Right. Uh, have you got someone who's inspired you in your running? Well, do you know what? There's always people who you meet who inspire you. Um, as I said, like when I very, very first started running, it was all about the, the Olympians and the people running for GB and things like that. And I've been really fortunate because I've actually met, you know, a fair few of those mm. people through various different things. Um, but also I think it's kind of, it's, it's everyone. So if you listen to your podcast, I think there's inspiration in every single person that you've spoken to so far. I hope I may inspire someone who knows, You're definitely who knows, inspiring. but like, you know, I've known Debbie Pentland for a long, long time. She is um, an amazing person. She, she is so positive and so happy. And so, um, you know, she's overcome so, so much. And she is just so happy to be running. She doesn't care about what the time says, mm. what the position is, if she's last, if she's not last. Yeah. It's all great. So actually that to me is is just as inspirational as Paula Radcliffe running 215 yeah. for a marathon. Do you know what I mean? So I think so you draw you your inspiration from lots all of All over the place, yeah. Brilliant, brilliant. Uh, have you got a favorite post-race routine that you do, something you like to do after races? Um, I 
will always um, try and eat something quite quickly afterwards, even if I don't feel like it from a sort of recovery point of view. Um, I'm quite fond of a post-race pizza for dinner. Lovely. Okay. That's it. That's yeah. it. And then I try and be really good about making sure I stretch and making sure I don't just stop and make sure I have a little <laughs> walk around and all of those things. Most of the time, I do most of it. But yeah, the pizza, pizza. does come out quite a lot. Okay. Good, good, good. Uh, do you track in miles or kilometres? Mostly miles. Good. Hey, yes. I've got it. I've got it. That Can't was a short answer. Yes. <laughs> what shoes are you currently running in? And there is only one answer to this. You know this. Uh, yeah, damn, I'm sorry. I'm only joking. I'm only joking. <laughs> so my current favourite shoes to run in are New Balance Beacon, but I've mm -hmm. been trying to get the old version because they've changed them. Don't they? Yeah. It's hard. Difficult. Why do they yep. do this to me? Mm. Uh, so I've got a couple of new pairs at the moment at home that have just come with uh, the old version one or two okay. um, but yes I've run in loads of different shoes yep. over the years I mean obviously I've been running for quite a long time yep. so you know well, when, you, um, when you know what works that's, that's it that's but yeah works. I've tried lots of different shoes I actually kind of accidentally found the, the New Balance okay. um, but yeah they, they seem to be working at the minute so they're, they'll be they'll be the marathon, marathon shoe of choice this year excellent very very good uh, your most embarrassing or memorable moment oh in a run or race is there is there one that sticks out i mean there's hundreds <laughs> <laughs> i'm sure i've embarrassed myself many times yeah, yeah. um there there was a, the first few podcasts there was a little bit of a theme and i can definitely add to the theme of at the barcelona marathon at about over halfway i would have said um stopped in a portaloo it's always tummy troubles i know that's yep. it yep. you see I, that's what i said <laughs> so stopped in a portaloo as you do it's fine then came out lovely running along and i ran past dell and joe kitching mm -hmm. do you know joe? i know joe yeah. yeah um and and they were like what are you doing I thought I thought you were behind us. I was like, I just stopped for a shit. <laughs> and I was like, oh, sorry everyone, such a lady. Oh, like I said, school was so bad. But you can you can guarantee that in a marathon, everyone's like, everyone. Whatever. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. So I mean, there's plenty of stories and those kind of, um, you know, that kind of subject yep. matter. Yep. Those, yeah. Those, and trying those... out gels and different drinks and things on training runs and having to stop in lots of <laughs> lots, lots of, of public toilets. All of those. Never used what's it. Gel Frazy Jungle. Uh, I'm, I'm so glad you remember yeah, that. I see. Really, John, really useful things that stay in my head. End of Blocksway Road. Yeah, I've never as had you, to use that as one. As you turn onto the path, there's a, there's a book. Yeah. I'm never going to look at it in the same way, though. <laughs> it, it grows well around there. The, yeah. the shrubbery like, grows. Wow, those trees are really doing well. What do they put on They're them? powered on curry, I think, or secondhand curry. <laughs> and lastly, your favourite good gym task. <sighs> Too many. Too many to choose from. If you were to do one this evening, what would you what, oh, what, what do you think? Goodness, I quite like a, a painting task painting. because cool. I don't often do much decorating at home, even though I probably should. And it's the thing of being able to see what you've done. I think we've got quite a lot in our group of kind of completer finisher people, mm -hmm. so they like to have a task that they can do and get done. But yeah, I like any any good gym task is a fun good gym task. It's the people, it's the people that, that we it, get. Then, yeah are okay. an amazing bunch of people but also we just have so much fun doing it mm, so brilliant. we can make anything excellent anything thanks so fun. much for those and um nice. lastly i always ask everyone um obviously we've spoken a little bit about how great the running community in portsmouth is mm -hmm. is there anything you want to add about it and uh not particularly i think the thing about portsmouth is that you, you know a lot of people know you know 
know people. It's very parochial. There is not seven degrees of separation of pe- people in Portsmouth. Mm. There is one. So, you know, if you put that into the running community, that's magnified again. So, you know, you've got a connection. Even if you don't necessarily know someone, you'll have been like, oh, yeah, I was at that run or I Correct. did that thing or whatever. And I think... The one degree. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely one degree of separation. And things like, you know, park run and stuff is such a great community. Mm. But actually... What is it? 500, 600 people running mm. on a Saturday at South Sea. The yeah. There's still loads more runners than that in Portsmouth. Yeah. So I, I don't know whether we're just, you know, whether we're we're kind of normal in terms of a percentage of people that run in a population, mm. or whether there are more runners in Portsmouth. But obviously, where it's very densely populated, we will kind of all see. Go I think that's it. I think there's a there's definitely it's the, the fabric of the running in, in the city is definitely woven together a mm. lot a lot neater and, and nicer i think there's just something very special about it but yeah i really appreciate although it although saying that actually i think it's some of it is about runners as well because we've been to various kind of good gym meetup things and you meet so many people that are totally you know like-minded and then you know people who've done insane mountain races people who are doing their first 10k mm. you know you you all kind of get on there's something isn't that awkwardness you know when sometimes you meet someone who's a total stranger to you like hello what do you do and where'd you come from and and you're you're trying to find that that middle ground well straight away Mm. you know oh yeah we've got a red t-shirt or we're carrying a park run code or you're wearing running trainers i know what i can talk to you about straight away it's almost like like blood like like blood bonds people there might be something very similar in that sense that you've got that that immediate thing to share don't you so yeah it's really really good but Katie, thank you so, so much. No problem. And thank you for everything that you do for Portsmouth. And, and I say that like, like, <laughs> like I, you know, I'm just saying on behalf of everybody, I think it's great what you what you guys do at Good Gym. Please um, come along and join the, in. And, you're, and being, being the lead angel uh, with your with your loads of other brilliant angels around you, I think it's fantastic. And I know loads of people have benefited from, from all the deeds and I know loads more will eventually yes, as well. Yes, so definitely. really appreciate it. Thank you so, so much. Enjoy the rest of your day. Thank you very much. <laughs>